and we are live and we are back let's go i'm Corey, your host one half of the quarter and full of fat podcast and i'm back like i never left with another installment of wealth wednesdays here on the quarter and full of fat podcast we discuss health and wealth finances fitness and everything in between and we want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best yes yes however my co-host Jordan went on paternity leave. We started these off Wednesdays when I get straight to the finance information. And I know y'all see the topic of today's video, which I think it's only right that we talk about how to save for college in October. The first video that drops in October with the student loans starting back up in October. If you're struggling right now, your student loan payments have started back up. It is what it is. We've been trying to help y'all out. We told y'all what it is. We still got the little banner right here. Student loans. We're going to talk about student loans. But today we're going to talk about how you can help your children avoid student loans as far as investing for college. But before we get started, make sure you hit that like button, share and subscribe, shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you get those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. My information as well as my coach Jordan information is in the show notes on YouTube. Please go follow us on all the socials out there. I'm Silent underscore Corey. Jordan the Stop Stalling J and his business page is finallyfit06. Website is finallyfit.live where we can go and sign up for the 5.30 a.m. Monday and Wednesday virtual training sessions because health is wealth. Y'all not get your, your fitness in shape as well. Even though Jordan and I are terrible and haven't synced back up yet, y'all still need to be working out. Let's be very clear. Just don't come to me about, you know, you're out of shape. Now you got all these highest doctor bills because Jordan, you ain't heard Jordan speak recently no 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 you still need to get your ass in the gym not to mention jordan has plenty of content hours upon hours of content out about how you can improve the health side of things even though you're checking in listening to wealth wednesday all right and last but not least you know what i'm about to say don't sue me see your mama this is for entertainment purposes only myself nor jordan are finance and fitness professionals everything you hear on here is for entertainment purposes only and you need to seek your prof- a professional and do your own research all right now it's that time of year it's been over three years i think 40 months student loans wrong pause due to the panorama due to covid president trump enacted extended it and president biden came in and extended it several times forgiveness no forgiveness some stuff got forgiven it don't matter student loans have started back up interest started back up in september but the payments have started back up i heard one person i was watching the dave ramsey show and they said they talked to somebody and i believe they were in dc i don't believe they were actually at georgetown campus it might have been the georgetown area but they were in the dc area and they said somebody since september They've already had a thousand dollars in interest accrued before their first payment was due, which is why I've been told y'all to start making these payments. And this is what's crazy. How did they start y'all interest back up? And it might have been the law. I don't know what the what the contract was for all these student loans. But how did they why did they start y'all interest back up a month before the payment started back up? Wouldn't it be fair is not a, a good word, right? Stephen A. Fair is a place where they judge judge pigs. And I don't know if he made that phrase, but you know, who cares if it's fair or not? But like Hello, simple logic for those listening. I mean, on the podcast platforms, I just tap my forehead like knowledge, knowledge, think, think, at least start the interest and the payments during the same month. So you're not a month behind on the interest, which I know that's how loans usually work. It's disbursed to you and just starts accruing immediately. And then you do your payments due a month or so later, depending on the loan you got when you got it, things like that. But for a student loan situation where there was like a pause, right? It's not like these student loans were newly originated loans or were they because i was talking to jordan yesterday because i don't have student loans 
So all of my information about student loans are for people who still have their student loans. Like I don't actually physically have them. I'm not getting any of these type of updates, notification emails, nothing like that. I don't know what's going on. And I was trying to figure out if his interest rate was lower than what he uh, previously had and when his loans got dispersed. You know, we graduated together. So our student loans when we graduated for people graduate high school 2011 were like in the seven percentage ranges from Navian. But he said he no longer has Navian. He's at Mohila, big dog Mohila is trying to you know, people to uh, help stop this forgiveness. And it sounded like based off what Jordan was telling me that his student loans, the way I was taking it, they were newly originated loans. Still got credit for all the previous stuff. But as far as like from a paperwork standpoint, because your loans at one place can transfer to another, it is a newly originated loan. If you have as someone I, when you get a, when you refinance, which in short, if your loan was at one company, company A, now it's at company B. In short, that's a refinance. Um, what's another term? Yeah, because they're paying it off at yeah company A, and now company B has it, and they can they're create company B is creating a new loan because they don't have that loan on their books. So they do actually have to create a new loan. And that's what it sounds like. It sort of happens. So some people might have lower interest rates, higher interest rate. Again, what's selling off for fair months and months and months ago, years ago, whatever. Been told you to pay it off. You could yada, yada. But at the end of the day, the student loan payments have started back up. And for that person who said they had a thousand dollars in interest accrue since essentially it's been a month. And they said that $1,000 is equivalent to three months worth of minimum payments. It's like, God dang, your minimum payments are over $300, which is sounds about right if you had around twenty dollars to $30,000 relative to which interest rate was. But my goodness, again, we talk about the negative aim. So if they make their minimum payment, let's just say it's $300, simple math. Only $300 is going to go towards that 1000 interest. They're going to have 700 left in interest unless they had a, a $10,000 balance. And then the interest is going to have interest charged on it as well as the principal is still there because no money went towards the principal because they still have that interest there that's unsatisfied. And that's assuming that this person, whoever they spoke to from the Dave Ramsey standpoint in DC, that this person had no interest or that this principal, um, excuse me, the interest that's accrued this thousand dollars in a month was just from what the interest is um, from the principal alone. Hopefully they didn't have any outstanding interest because that's, that is a monster and a half that you have to attack. Remember, when you pay a loan, Everything goes towards the interest until it's satisfied out of your payments. If you get charged $100 in interest and you're balanced $10,000, make $100 payment, you're not going to make any money or any traction on the principal. You're not paying down at all. All that $100 is going towards that $100 in interest that's sitting there. You got to at least make $100 in a penny to put some money towards the principal. All right. But again, when are we going to stop talking about student loans? Probably never. When are they going somewhere? I don't know. But today we're going to not only just talk about the problem, but we like to provide y'all solutions on here. All right. And if y'all can't tell, I got a little back energy now. I've been, you know, due to my son being born, you know, I've been tired, but I got, I don't know if I'm about to crash here soon, but I got some energy right now. So this should be a little bit more lit, lit episode versus the last ones. I was just trying to be consistent and thugging it out for y'all. But I got my energy now, which is crazy. It's at the work. You know, I, mean? I don't have that much energy at the work, but today we're going to good old faithful CNBC. Here's how much you should contribute to your kids 529 each month. Now, Back when Jordan and I were recording these episodes, episode I think is 13 or it's probably episode 14. One of those episodes where we talk about, uh, I talk about 529s, ESAs. We'll real quick break down real simple of 529 versus an ESA. They're both college savings accounts. Think of an ESA. I guess I'll have to explain what IRAs and 401ks are too for me to do that comparison. Regardless, I won't. An ESA stands for, I think, Education Savings Account. 
the max, I believe, is $220,000 that you can make to contribute. And I believe that is up for married. And I think it's half of that if you're single. And then that's how much money you can make gross. Maybe it's AGI. Regardless, $220,000 has an income cap. And then it also has a contribution limit. The most you can put in it is $2,000 across various ESAs. So you can open up an ESA for your child. Then their grandparent can open up an ESA as, as well. And so that your child has two ESAs, but only a total of $1,000 can be put in each of those because they the max you can have in ESA contributions is $2,000 in a year. All right. Then there are 529s. 529s don't have an income cap um, as far as how much you can make. So you can make however much money you want to make. You can still contribute to a 529. And by the way, for the ESA, that contribution limit is based on the person that's contributing it. So if you're grand, the grandparent you open that account, they only make $100,000. And let's say you make $300,000 where you can't put any money in, but the grandparent can't put the $2,000 in. Now over to 529s, where well, this is probably going to go over. And again, I don't read these articles ahead of time. For 529s, again, no income caps. You can make however much money you want. There is technically not a contribution limit, but you still have to worry about the gift tax limit, which we're coming towards the end of 2023, which reminds me, got to do the uh, 2024 recap of, you know, all the, um, not recap, but all the updates to 401ks, IRAs. But there's a gift tax limit for 529. And then the most amount of money that you can put in there varies on uh, the 529. 529 is set up by state. So each state has um, their, I can't say every state, but most states have a 529. And in both of those 529s and ESAs, anything that you spend towards college um, is tax deductible. So you put the money in this account, 529 or ESA, it grows tax free. And as long as it's, um, you, the money is used for um, expenses that the IRS deem related to college, you don't have to worry about paying taxes on it. If it's used to, um, for something that isn't for college, then you got to pay the taxes. For 529s, you mainly only have mutual funds, index funds that you can invest in. So it's sort of like a 401k. You can put essentially more money in it, but you have less options versus an ESA. An ESA, you can invest if you want to. You have, I believe you have the option to invest in individual stocks, sort of like an IRA, but like the IRA versus 401k, the ESA has a lower contribution limit, only that 2000 and it has income restrictions just like the IRA. So that's why I do the IRA sort of like the ESA and the 401k sort of like the 529 type of comparison. That sort of makes sense because 529, 401k, numbers, ESA, IRA, letters, right? I mean, that's just something that food for thought. And you can't, your child can't have both. Sort of like you can have an IRA and you can have a 401k. All right. So that's just uh, the main differences, I believe. And again, I have a whole episode where I break those down more thoroughly. And I'll probably, no, I'm not gonna, probably going to go over 520. I might make a note to go over 529s and ESAs when I do my, you know, how to win with money in 2024 type of recap for the year. But all right, y'all, again, here's how much you should contribute to your kids 529 each month. Now, actually, before we do this, let's see what Google has to say. I feel like I've done this before. I've already said this before. How much? See how much college will be in 18 years. This is insane. Every time I see this number, can y'all see this? Let me zoom in some more. Google says college will be $500,000 in 18 years if you're born in 2019. So what's that? That's a class of 2037. That's insane. 2037, 20, 2030, 20, I haven't looked at it. That is insane. Let's see what else we have here. How much will college be in 2040? So now this is saying 188,000 in the 
in the freshman year. Good God. Using today's average rates for a four-year private. Okay, this is a private school. Whew. My goodness. I was about to say. Okay, a private school is 188000 for the 2040 freshman year at the 7% inflation rate. That's the one thing. Colleges continues to go up. Everybody thought the panorama was going to make those numbers go down. Nope. All right. At the 30-year average, we calculated about 4.2%. The same child will pay. Okay. Average fees for four-year courses at public college will reach seven, almost $17,000. Okay, that's a little bit lower. So $17,34. Right, that's, I mean, that's almost $80,000, right? $70,000, the other fees in there. It's tuition, I think. Yeah, tuition. That's 2030. It's a little close. All right, but we're seeing these numbers, though. It's supposed to be, you know, 10, it looks like close to at least $100,000. Well, roughly, we're seeing it again. That's just for tuition. If you remember, for those of you who watched it, if you haven't, I'll put a link to it. Um, that'll pop up on the cards. I did the live stream about the student loan situation towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, almost four hours on the dot. And we broke down that college, even in today's numbers, tuition at college is actually still not that expensive. You can still pay for college cash from a tuition standpoint. If you stay in state and even if you need, it's even more affordable. That's where a four year degree at most of these state schools, Maryland, if you're in Maryland, I don't think Virginia was on that list, but university of North Carolina, university of Texas, university of Cal Berkeley, that's, that's the university in California, Cal Berkeley. Most of these state colleges for in-state tuition, they are still relatively affordable, roughly in that ten to fifteen thousand range a semester, which is still high in the sense of what your most 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 degrees that colleges are offering aren't worth the sixty k. Roughly, let's say it's fifteen thousand dollars a year. So not not semester, fifteen thousand dollars a year. That's sixty thousand dollars for tuition. Most degrees are not going to net you that. But if you do take the STEM route, you're going to you know, easily be able to hit that number. But what we saw is that when you go out of state and when you add in these other fees, room and board for some of these places was as much, if not more, than the tuition itself. And you don't need to pay anything but tuition, other you know auxiliary fees, flat fees, things like that to get your degree. You don't need to go out of state, especially for a bachelor's. It has been proven because most of, if not all of the Ivy League schools are private that if you want to be successful from a bachelor's standpoint, Ivy League is not the route to go. High GPA not about to go, things like that. So it's very important that we talk about not only how much is college, how much it will be, and when your kids go in 18 years, 20 years, whatever it is, but college choice, where you're choosing to go, and degree choice from a bachelor's standpoint. But definitely still right now today, if you want to go to I mean, college, I mean, semester already started, but let's say you want to go to college next year, it is still extremely affordable for you. Let's say you got somebody or you're listening to this. Shout out to our younger listeners if we have any. And you're going to graduate, let's say, high school this year. You know somebody that's going to graduate high school this year. College is still extremely affordable in whatever state you live in for you to take the community route for your gen eds and then transfer and get your four-year degree from a four-year university after you do your gen ed credits for the first two years or so. All right. Then obviously, pick, please, STEM, pick the right degree, you know, lawyer, doctor. Please pick a degree that's going to make you some money. All right. But again, after I get off my little soapbox, I know so much about college stuff. Wayne, we 60 minutes and I ain't say nothing yet about this article. This is by Mark Cantrowitz. 
uses the one-third rule to provide dollar amounts parents can aim for. This was published in July of this year, and it's by Elizabeth Graver. All right, here we go. And yes, for those of you like, oh, Corey, talk about how hard the names were. Yes, your first time listening to the names of these authors always kill me. All right, when it comes to saving for your college, your child's college education, and compound interest is your biggest ally. My bad, I missed the word time. Child's education, time, and compound interest is your biggest ally. That's the one thing. Me being off of work, I've been spinning at a computer all day, so you know, I'm starting to get that, that blue screen in my eyes. Anyways, that's why the sooner you begin, the better. Financial experts often recommend a 529 college savings account as a good starting point. 529 essentially a state-sponsored investment account dedicated to saving for higher education. Also, one thing I forgot to mention, for ESA, ESA isn't state-based, so you should be able to deduct state taxes when you uh, contribute in there. Check with a CPA, check with your state. But for 529s, they are state-based. So let's say you have a 529 that is in a different state. Like my son's 529 is technically the Fidelity Manager one is New Hampshire. They don't have the Maryland one on there. We could have done a Maryland one, but I like to have everything in one place. So got the Fidelity one. There are options like Arizona, Massachusetts, Delaware. I think New Hampshire, that was just those four states. We don't live in either of those states. So we can't even though the contributions that we make for all of them, if they're used for anything education related, we don't have to pay any taxes on them. If we, let's say we lived in Arizona, which is where, ironically, which is where I was born, we would be able to deduct the taxes that we, or the money season that we put, we will deduct a certain amount from our state taxes. So you get a deduction as well from the college savings account. All right. And that's for 529 and ESA, but for 529 is state-based. So for us, since we don't live in New Hampshire, I don't even know if New Hampshire has the state deductions, but we'd have to live in New Hampshire because that's the state that our 529 is out of that we would actually be able to take those deductions if New Hampshire did offer it. And you you have to look, I mean, there are multiple 529s that can be offered by a state. I'm not saying every state offers multiple 529, but some states don't just have one plan. So if you do want to take the state tax deduction for the state you live in, obviously look at it. There are certain restrictions, things like that. I mean, there are too many 529 plans, too many states out there. For me to give you all the whole breakdown, but if you do want to be able to deduct the, your contributions from the state that you live in, you need to make the 529 actually be a plan that is from your state. All right. You contribute money to the account consistently and over time, right? College funds increase. Again, this is a college savings account, it's an investment account. Think 401k for your kids' college. It's that simple. 529 earnings, right? Grow tax free and withdrawals also tax free as long as, right? Okay. They're used for qualified educational expenses, tuition, housing, and books. See, this is the thing. Now, shout out if you got enough money, but don't use it for housing. Don't use it for housing. Oh, I'm dehydrated as hell. That's what happened. You don't get no sleep. Anyways, obviously tuition books. I mean, are colleges still able to sell books? And this, I would say, you know, books aren't going anywhere. But I know for my last year, my last year, I did not buy a single book. But it might be my last three semesters. I don't think I bought a book at all. I feel like I did maybe my last my junior my last junior spring semester I did I know my senior year for college I did not buy a single book you saw my friends books out the squad and I, I just made it through the class without the book teacher will tell you, you don't need the book somebody in the class has the book why do you need to buy the book but housing again like I said housing is what's destroying people now if you're in a situation where you're going to be able to save enough from a housing standpoint as well cool go ahead if that's what you want to pay for that's what you want to pay for but the main thing you need to look at is the tuition again for most of y'all. The state school, and for those of you who want to go to HBCU, they're mostly affordable. All right. One of the best parts 
And by affordable, I mean the tuition. You had that housing in there, all this other stuff. You can use student loan. To, to, a student loan can be used. And I, I don't believe the qualified educational expenses are the same as what a student loan can be used for. But a student loan can be used for anything that helps you as related. I don't know the exact terminology. But anything related to school, but in the sense of you commute to school and you need a car to get to school, you can use a student loan to buy you a car. Plenty of people have done that, right? One of the best parts of 529 plans that your savings are, okay, it's an investment account, eight compounds. 529 is easy to do, but deciding right, how much to put in the account is a whole other ballgame. Many other facets of personal finance. Short answer is it depends. To get more specific, CNBC select turn to student aid expert Mark Kantrowitz. For advice on how much you should be setting aside in that 529. Also, want to be uh, an update that President Biden did is that I don't think it's in effect immediately, but there's an age limit. But in short, in a 529, the other big difference between a 529 and ESA, which I forgot, I remember now, thankfully, a 529, should I say an ESA? An ESA, all the money has to be used by the time your child turns, turns 30. If they use, turn 30 and they don't use all the money, then the money has to be. Um, taken out as if you didn't use it for a college expense and you have to pay the taxes on it before a that's for an ESA before 529 the money can stay in that account essentially indefinitely until, until they pass away so an ESA it does have that lower contribution limit then on top of that if you use about 30 then it'd be kind of hard let's say your child actually would say they want to be your brain surgeon I don't know how long is it to be a brain surgeon Four years of medical school, one year of internship for general, general surgery, five to seven years of residency. See, I'm not well versed in the actual doctor from a medical degree standpoint if student loans pay for residency. I'm not sure or not, but it takes a while. So it's going to run up on 30 if you want to be a doctor. But how hard is it to be a brain surgeon? Extremely difficult. What kind of question is that? But that's something to be mindful of as well. So the 529 is not only they not have um, an age limit as far as we need to use the money, you can transfer it over. So one thing a 529 allows you to do, it allows you to get a head start on your grandchildren's benefits because you can transfer over a 529 to essentially any of your relatives. You can open up a 529 right for, your, for yourself right now. Let's say you want to have kids in the future, right? But you don't have them yet. When you want to start investing in a 529 for them, what you can do is open up a 529, make yourself the beneficiary. You can open up a 529 for yourself. So let's say you're somebody who wants to go to college in 20 years. Like let's say you're you know, over 18 and you want to go to college in 20 years. You can start saving right now for college for yourself. Open a 529, make yourself a beneficiary, and then use that for yourself to go to school. But let's say you want to have kids, you don't have them yet. You can open up a 529, make yourself the beneficiary, and then once your child gets here, and you get your social because you need the social to make them beneficiary, then you already have a head start and thing. We're talking about saving from college, right? 18 years, 17, 18 years or so, some people less than that. Well, what if you can get 19, 20, 21 year head start on a college fund? Then on top of that, like I said, you can change, you can transfer to family members. So yeah, some of you may be worried about overfunding it, but then let's say college continues to go up at the rate it's going up. You can already start saving money for your grandkids because you're the money you put in your kids' account. Let's say they don't use it all; they get a degree and they have not used it all. They can just let that money sit there or continue to contribute to it. And then once their child gets born, your grandchild, they can transfer the money over to them. Money can get transferred to siblings as well. I think nieces and nephews, like this whole whole tree, parents, anyone in your family can get it. So don't worry about overfunding the five twenty nine. If you know 
getting a college degree is something your family's all about. But now what President Biden has done, if you're in a situation where you're, you're not even sure if you want your kid to go to college, what's going to look like? What do I do with the extra money? Corey, I don't want to take that big old tax hit. Well, the Biden administration has implemented that now I think it's $35,000 can be transferred to your child's Roth IRA. Insane rules. That's why I said they just make stuff up in the sense of this is great, but you know, whatever's out there is out there and they can just you know stroke a pen and now we got to buy by those, these new rules, new laws. But now, roughly speaking, at least put, you know, some money in there so they got that money that can roll over to their um, Roth IRA. I think it's $35,000. And that, that's, I think, going to be in effect in five years or so. And then just think they'll likely increase that limit, you know, inflation, things like that. Just like with the RMD, that number's increased already. So all these type of things can still come into effect where you might be thinking, hey, man, I don't know if I want to overfund it. Just think five, six years ago, you were thinking about it. Then, right, you come to now, five, six years in the future, and they're like, President Biden's like, oh, yeah, you know, 35 racks, you know, that can go into a Roth IRA for your child after a certain time period. Bet. All right. And also one thing, too. Um, what was I going to say for the expenses? Oh, I was going to say anything that your child gets in scholarships, 529 or ESA, let's say, Corey, my child got a full ride, got 100K in it to pay for school. They got a full ride scholarship. What do I do with this 100K? I got to take this tax hit. Nope. Anything you get in scholarship, you can take take out tax penalty free. All right. So, again, a lot of benefits. So, you know, over here, we're going to put in for it, you know, put money aside for the 529. But definitely one of one of our son's jobs you're going to be applying for scholarships is as soon as well, whatever the rule is, you're going to be applying for scholarships. And that's one thing too. There's so, I forget, I don't know what camera, what the number is. I know it's a large number of how many scholarships go unfunded or don't get dished out. All right. How much to contribute to your 529? We're going to get to the math of it. How much you should save for college? Monthly largely depends on two factors, the age of your child, when to start saving and the type of school your child will likely attend. Yeah. I would say this, if your child is already in high, already in high school, so you're paying for college in less than less than four years. It might be better off that you just put this in a high yield savings or even a, a CD, especially now with the CD rates. So you don't have to worry about losing any money um, in the market because you need you need that money so soon. Roughly speaking, just so, sort of like, you know, do I invest money or put it in a savings account, you know, for an expense in the future? If it's five plus years or so, that's usually the threshold. So if it's less than five years, put in high yield savings. If it's going to be more than five years you can look to invest it but since something like college um the reason i said a cd since you know like okay i can put this in a three-year cd or one-year cd because i know for a fact that i won't need this money until until then because it's for college all right um but yeah i would say you know eighth ninth grade i mean you can start investing money for the ninth grade but if you're in a situation where you can invest money when they're in the ninth grade you're not going to have that much compound interest. So if you think you're going to still be able to save enough, you might as well just go ahead and put in, like I said, a high yield or a CD so that you can go ahead and um, uh, you know lock in your returns and not have to worry about the market um, being down. Excuse me, at the time you need to take it out and then you don't have any time. Your time horizon is over for you to make back the losses. All right, for purposes of this story, uh, calculations that are provided, soon the parents start saving, okay, at birth through college enrollment. There are three different monthly contribution amounts, depending on if the child plans to attend in-state public college, out-of-state public, or private. Remember, private just has a flat rate. and They don't care. Private schools don't care if you're in-state or out-of-state. All right, the monthly contribution amounts below represent how much to save monthly, okay, to pay for one-third of college costs. This is only a third. So whatever number y'all see here, you got multiplied by three. Good God. What's the, why? 
this is shout out to everybody gets a every kid gets a trophy. Why why would we want to see what I why do I want to pay for a third so I can take out student loans for the two thirds? This is because control it can control it uses what's called the one third rule and predicting how much parents need to set aside monthly. The rule follows the assumption that the average American family doesn't pay for college all in one sum and instead uses a three-pronged approach. College savings or past income makes up one-third of future college costs. Current income and financial aid make up a third. And last third is made. Oh, see, now, nah, don't use no student loans. Don't use no student loans. So whatever number we see here, we're going to multiply by three. All right, what? what? <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Kontrowitz and uh, J. Cole got the same... <laughs> Got the same math. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to Hopeflation. All right. Uh, In-state tuition is $300 a month, so $900. Uh, for out-of-state, $500 a month, so $1,500. And for private nonprofit, uh, $650. So the $650, that's going to be a little under $2,100. $1,950. So anywhere between $1,000, $2,000 a month if you want to pay for th- three-thirds, uh, excuse me, not three-thirds. Is it three thirds? I know a fraction in a minute. I should know this type of stuff, right? If you want to pay for the entire bill and not use student loans or actually I have no issue if you use um your current income. A lot of people, you might not be able to save for college right now because we're going to tell you to recommend save for college once you got yourself taken care of. But you'll probably be in a situation where you can cash for college along with your child working. Um, as well, again, see, see, again, just tuition. So you try to stay on campus. Why do you need to stay on campus anyway? Just if you want to party so bad at a particular college, just go there when the parties. Yes, parties, you know, be every night, but it's like you know, most of the parties Friday and Saturday. It's not that big of a deal. You can go to you can go to any homecoming you want. You say, I'm about to take a people go to. Y'all spend so much money on stuff. All right, the figures are designed to be somewhat stable, but change recently adds how to check if you're on track for parents who have some college savings set aside for their kid. But want to know whether or not they're on track. Controlist tells us he has a calculation you can use for that too. Use your kid's age and years. Multiply that number by 3,000. So if they're 18, it'd be 54. If they plan on attending an in-state, four-year public college, by 6,000 if they plan on attending out-of-state, and then 8,000 they plan on attending a private. Most 18 times 6, 9 times 12. Good God. So they plan on going out of state. You need to have $108,000 to be on track to do that. And if they plan on going uh, private, $144,000. So they're uh, see, not eight, in 18, so they're, you know, they were just born. The number you arrive at is the minimum to be on track to save one third. My goodness. So again, most by these numbers are about three. Most by their age times 9,000 for in state, most by their age by uh, 18,000 for out of state. Most by their age by twenty four thousand for private. So let's do that again, right? So we're gonna do nine thousand times eighteen and to be on track at one hundred sixty two. That's that's that was my rough numbers. About everything I saw, college is gonna be probably at least forty thousand um, dollars a year. All right, four times four is one sixty. That's insane. Four times forty thousand times four is one sixty. That's insane. But that that that's the math I was looking at, which is what. I, I don't know if I said this on here, but what I've been telling my clients and things like that, I would say I would say plan for a, definitely plan for a hundred k. I mean, something I would what I told some of them is however much money you spend on college, that's what you need to at least save for. All right, because it's, it's going to go up. And the theory is not that college better go down, but I would say definitely 
100k minimum but i would say get as close to a quarter million as possible y'all and also you know long story short short story long get to a, um to a, a to, if you can do a quarter million that would not be a bad idea but it's going to be um 160,000 for in-state uh for out-of-state it is going to be 124,000 and then for private it's going to be $432,000 I'm like excited but not excited to see what these numbers are going to be in the next 18 years or so. If we get to a point where a year of college or even let's say a semester of in-state private, I mean, excuse me, in-state public school is $20,000 a year is 40 racks. The student loan situation is going nowhere. It's going nowhere. Nowhere. All right. The number you arrive at is minimum save on track again for a third. That's why I said the numbers times three though. So uh, you can see what it is for the full cost. Using this method as an example, your kid is 13, planned in college, out-of-state public. Don't do out-of-state public. That's the thing. Don't be this example. If, you're kid, if you're about to be this example where your kid, first of all, this 13-year-old, they don't need to go out-of-state, but um, any of the 13-year-olds. Now, if you're going full ride, cool. You can go wherever you, wherever you got your full ride from, you can go there. If it's being paid for and you earned it, by definition, you're a college full ride. But out-of-state, public, and private school, I don't even know why these are options. They should not be options. What if we did that? Right, and you can't do that in America, too controlling. But what if we just made it like, nah, you can't, um, unless you get a full ride, right? Unless you get a full ride scholarship, academic or athletic, whatever it is, you have to go in state. You can't, you can't leave the state because we make rules as far as what's the uh, school you go to from a public standpoint. You know, K through twelve, I believe K through twelve, uh, kindergarten. But I know first grade, I didn't have a choice where I wanted to go first through 12th grade. I did when I wanted to go to high school. I've been the IB program, but I didn't have it. I could have entered the IB program, went to another school or not went to the program, which I didn't do. Actually, I was in it and I backed out of it and went to the school I graduated from in high school. So I didn't, I mean, I had a choice between two schools, you know, not like, you know, go to any school I want to in the state. But what if we did that? Like, yeah, you live in Maryland, you got to go to Maryland, UMBC, Towson, Salisbury, UMES, Bowie, Compton. Morgan. Like, what if we did that? Outside, I mean, D.C. is a hard one, right? Because if you live in D.C., I believe you can get in-state tuition for any of the states as long as you live there at least a year or whatever the rule is, something like that. But what if, what if we did that? What if we just decrease? Let's, we're going to decrease. We're going to help the student loan situation by making it so you can't go out of state. Now, one would say, you know, that that's not you know, capitalism. That wouldn't be, you know, free market type of stuff. But why would you need to go out of state if you're not getting a scholarship to go there? So the school isn't essentially paying you to go to the school, right? Why do you need to go out of state? There is no data. I guarantee, I guarantee it. There's no data that proves that going out of state is better than going in state. None. Now, if you went to, if you from Maryland, if you're from Maryland and you chose to go to Virginia over Maryland, that's on you. That's on your dumb ass. Like that, that makes no sense. Masters is different because masters are certain programs that may be offered only at certain schools. But for bachelors, let alone community college, but I, if I was in charge of this outside of the dollar amount, there wouldn't be any more four-year degrees because, uh, like my degree, half of my degree, half of it is gen ed classes. It's all it's freshman English one, freshman English two. Um, a, I mean, it's technically computer science class, but like technical writing for computer science people, 
um, all these general math, you know, math classes. Uh, and I take chemistry or biology, like all, all these gen ed things. But then the other roughly 60 credits or half of my degree were my actual computer science classes. And in short, for those who don't know, a semester is roughly 15 credit hours, a year is 30 hours. So 30 times 420, that's how you get your degree in four years. In short, half of my degree, 60 credits were classes that actually weren't for my major. But I needed to take those to actually get a degree for the university. So roughly everyone there is taking taking the same gen ed class. Different classes based on your particular major. But everyone's taking the same freshman freaking seminar. Like there's just so many useless. I could have been taking more programming, computer science related classes, math classes, STEM related classes instead of taking freshman freaking seminar. But no. I had to spend two years worth of doing of doing taking those classes, and that's why the recommendation is go community college, go community, go community college. If you got the money, cool. But if you don't go community college and them genes out the way, you're paying more money for the same stuff as useless. And you might be able to get some of your major classes while you're doing community college. Then you go transfer to a four year university, but only for two years, and you're going to be paying less than half the price, and still, and your your degree is still going to be as if you went there for four years. All right. Not to mention where you get your back. If you want to get a master's or, and, and or a doctorate, your bachelor's degree is useless. It doesn't matter where you get your bachelor's degree from as far as the school, because when you get your master's, you can put that you got a master's. Right. Your master's trumps your bachelor's. All right. Unless you got a degree from North Carolina and the person hiring you went to Duke. That'd probably be the only time that's going to be an issue for your bachelor's. But other than that, you know, for, for those of you who are entering a field or want to get a master's and or a doctorate, you just got to get your bachelor's at the lowest cost. It's just a, a jumping off point. All right. Yeah, but if you got a 13 year old and they're going out of out of state public, they're saying ideally you should have 78,000, 13 years old times 6,000 saved up. Um, 13 times 6,000 be on track to cover one, one third of their future costs. When in doubt, you can try out online tools like college savings calculators. Again, various amounts you're going to see. Like I said, my, my recommendation here. 100,000 minimum for those you're trying to find something, but definitely I would shoot for a quarter mil. That, that's what I would, the range I would shoot for a quarter mil. How much is that on a monthly basis? Let me go to my investment calculator. In this tab. Mm, let's do no additional contribution. I'm trying to get to $250,000. Starting out zero, got 18 years. Let's just do six. I mean, six percent, seven percent. Let's just see what it is at six percent. Yep, six hundred and fifty-six dollars. So, yep, I'll call you. <laughs> oh, my bad. A car payment. Look at this aperitif. A car. I don't know why it's showing up on my. You know, that's there's nothing. Anyway, a car payment. I don't need interest. A car payment. It's a car payment. What's the now? Let's and this is shot. This is shout to the middle class. So, what do y'all think the average car payment is? I believe I did an episode on this a couple months ago. Average car. Good God. I told y'all every time I see this number, it keeps going up. $725. Let's be clear. Once this number hits a thousand, don't talk to me. Used cars had the lowest at 516. Don't talk to me. It's up 11.5%. Man, if I could guarantee 11.5%, excuse me, 11.5% return year over year. Oh, my God. That's it right there. So for those of you who wonder why you have student loans and your parents always had new car, never mind. 
see, when I had that conversation, boy, we're gonna have this Bible talk one day. When I have that conversation, how the reason you have student loans is is truly oh wait, y'all couldn't see that. I wasn't even sharing that screen. There we go. $725. There we go. But when I talk about the reason you the reason you have student loan debt is because your your parents, your mom, whatever, they want to be able to have more ammo when they argue with their friends. You know, my kids doing this. That's why. Or they always had a car payment. That's why I said some of y'all, you don't need it. Would you rather have student? Would some of y'all rather have your student loan debt that you're still dealing with that's decreasing your chances of whatever, getting married or having children, delaying home purchase, all that type of stuff? Or, you know, all your birthday parties and stuff. So would you rather say no more birthday parties, not group, all this type of stuff that, you know, it is what it is versus you being in a better situation as an adult? Your parents only have so much money for so much stuff. And by the way, your parents have that much money for everything because they had all this. Think about this. Your parents operated in debt for your entire life. And then you went and took out debt and they had to take out parent plus loan. It's all debt. Who's paying for stuff? And I'm talking about now mortgage, mortgage debt, consumer debt. Always had car loans. Right. Always had credit card debt. Payday loans, some people. It's like, my goodness. And get started on government. Never mind. All right. Shout out to government subsidy people, but it's like, what what was being paid for? But they made sure you you know you always had a birthday party. Some of y'all didn't even need to have the new Xbox and stuff because y'all was trashing the games anyways. I was on Call of Duty running through most of y'all, so y'all didn't even really need to have the three sixty because you was getting your ass kicked. All right, anyways, best five twenty nine accounts as we we're coming to yeah we're coming to a close because that's ads. Best five twenty nines accounts. That's all I got my energy back. When you're ready to start saving up for your kids' college years, choose one of the top 529 college savings accounts. Good news is, okay, did homework for you. See our methodology information on how we chose the best ones. Okay, no sponsorship. We got Utah. And again, like I said, you can open up a 529 usually in any state. And again, you see the mass contribution overall is 540000 All right. They're going to have age-based stuff. So again, 529s, like I said, are sort of going to be like 401ks. And 401ks, they have funds that are based off of the year you're going to retire. Same thing for 529s. They got stuff based off of when your child's going to go to college. Okay, we got 529 Utah. We got the Bright Start College Savings, Illinois. That cap is 500K. And you see what these caps are. Okay, 529 College Savings for New York. 520, I believe the one I have in New Hampshire is 569,000. And the Arizona one was... um. 575 because i was looking at those two and again usually going to have access to different funds and these again fees and expenses are going to be significantly higher usually three or four times higher than just in your 401k 401k you might have a 0.03 or 0.04 uh expense ratio but for most of these um 529s if you look at these index funds Oh, got a 0.7. Oh, no, I'm not look at that one. Anyways, um, you know, you're going to see a double, low double. You'll see low double digits as the lowest. So 0.11, um, 0.10, 0.11, see 0.13 here. Got the Illinois one, though, at um, 0.07 to 0.79. And remember, those fees are important because those fees will destroy your balance. All right. Um, let's see. Underline funds. So again, again, stuff, stuff to check out. They're, they're again, I, I believe every state has a 529. They might have multiple 529s. So you just got to do your research um, on it. All right. But again, let's be very clear. How much your savings rate is more important. So we saw that again. You want to get $650. You want to get as close to that as possible. Right? That's going to be per, per kid. Per kid. All right. A month. So you got two kids, it's gonna be $1,300. All right, um, here we go. Bottom line, 529 college savings plan, right? 
it's not a great financial tool. So I believe it's one of two tools, 529 ESA. Anyways, month, I digress. Monthly numbers include in this article or good benchmarks. Yeah, I mean, this is a good starting point for, for people who don't have anything. Here's the methodology. Here's how they determine uh, the suggestions, management fees. This is really what you can um, use when you're assessing different plans. Management fees, yes, you want to see the fees. Fees will destroy your returns. Investment returns, obviously, fund fees or funded fund ex expenses and management fees. Um, then obviously that's investment options. Each state's 529 plan may have a different minimum contribution amount. Some may not have minimum contribution amounts, but do for automatic contributions such as payroll deductions. Again, there, there are too many to have a discussion about which ones do your research. Obviously, if someone you want, you want to be able to take a deduction from a state standpoint for your taxes, then you obviously have to choose um, a 529 plan to say that you live in. All right. But again, here's how much you should contribute to your kids 529 each month by Elizabeth Graver. Now, I want to be very clear. Do not save for your kids' college. And we, can, can you see him? Oh, he, he, this is, there he is. Look, he just, oh, Dave just always over my shoulder. Dave's just always oh, let's let's open let's open up the let's open up the good book. That's not the Bible. Here we go. Baby step number one, save a thousand dollars back. No sponsorship. Maybe I should stop. But before you start saving for your kids, college recommendation is pay off all your debt, not non-mortgage debt. Have your fully funded emergency fund and put in 15% of your gross into retirement. Then after you do that whatever you have left over, you put towards your kid's college. That's a general recommendation I have over here. Um, take care of yourself first. You do not want to talk about the sandwich generation. We, I've already said this before. I've already discussed this. You don't want to put your children in a situation where they have to take care of you. And like I said, you may not be able to save for your kid's college fund because you're working on paying off your debt, things of that nature. Make sure you have enough money for retirement so you're, you're not a burden to your children. But most of you, Again, if you put in 18 years worth of locked in focused financial goals, you're probably going to be able to help cash flow, if not cash flow your kids college, meaning paying for it cash. By the time they get there, along with that, and if not, by, by the time they get there, as far as they'll be working too. most people been situated, again, tuition in state public school and they choose a degree field where they're going to get that bag. They don't choose no, no trash degree where they say left handed puppetry, I think is. So I was about to say left-handed poetry, left-handed puppetry, or German poker culture, whatever they be saying as degrees. There are, most degrees suck. And what we really need to do is, and this isn't like a, you can't implement this, but degrees should, in theory, they should cost a different, like when you go to a car dealership, all of the cars don't cost the same because you're getting them from that dealership. But for degrees, we all pay the same amount of money. Like I got a computer science degree from Bowie State University. There were people when we graduated that had degrees that didn't have nowhere near the income earning potential that I had. But we paid from a tuition standpoint the same amount for the degree. I, I just have a different degree than them. Now, I'm saying that mine should have cost more, which I'm glad it didn't compared to them because I have a higher, in higher income earning potential. But this is one of the things where, again, not college choice, college decision making. I would say your child should spend more time on applying for scholarships and figuring out what they want to do. You should kind of already have determined 
especially by the way you see your money 529 ESA of where they're going to go. Then I said they get scholarships for a ride and they, they can go wherever they want to go because they're using their money that they earn. But you as the parent should already kind of have mapped out for sure. Like these are you going to one of these colleges like you just got to pick. All right. And then it, every degree is an offer every university but based off of what, what they want to do. They, they might end up narrowing down the choice for you based off of what their particular uh, degree field is going to be. They might need to go to an accredited university, right? And you you'd want to. And every college might not be university might be accredited. So all the th things come into play. But let's be very, very clear. Parents, take care of yourself first. Now, if you're in a situation like me, my wife is a disabled veteran, so my son brings in money to the house. Then, you know, we, we got to like, you know, we, we put, that's where that money's going right now. We're working pay off the car. I'm like, oh, you bringing in some money? I mean, we just go ahead. Technically, I put the money in there and then, you know, you know, technically I pay less in the bills now. Um, but, you know, it, if you're in that situation, it benefits you. But for most people, $650, $700 is going to be a lot of money to put away, especially if you still have debt and all these type of things. All right. That's it, y'all. Locked and loaded. End of the episode. Make sure you hit that like button if you haven't already. Share and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. My information as well as my co-host Jordan information is in the show notes. So, sideline underscore Corey. Stop stalling Jay. Finally fit 06. Those are the socials. Finally fit dot lives where you can sign up for the 5.30 a.m. Monday and Wednesday virtual training sessions. Health is wealth. All right. Again, y'all, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want us to talk about, please let us know and reach out to us. All right. All right, y'all. Next, what am I do for next episode? I don't know what I'm going to do for next episode. I'm just, right now, I'm on an hour-by-hour hour basis still. All right. But that's it, y'all. Remember to save more and say less. Keep making better your best. And I'll catch y'all in the next one.